The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. In Isaiah 43, God, through the prophet Isaiah, tells us to fear not. Why does he say that? He knew that those Israelites were living in a sin-cursed world with a lot of things to fear all around them. But God said, fear not. Why can we rely on that? In the first half of this message, which we post today, we see that God has promised to be with us. In this life, we don't have to walk alone. And he tells us to fear not. We're going to see that there are many situations in life that are causes for fear, but that God has promised to be with us through every situation we face. And as we go through the rest of this message tomorrow, we'll understand that the reason we don't have to fear is that God is God and that he loves us with an everlasting love. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 43, and we're going to begin reading in verse 1. Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable. And I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even every one that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Yesterday morning, down at Mount Olive Church at their meeting that they had, we were blessed with such a spirit-filled service. We had some of the most blessed singing I've heard, and, and I was uh, blessed to be able to preach, share the pulpit with Brother Buddy and with Brother Joe Nettles and Elder Vaughn Winslet as well. And I tried to take some thoughts from this, this passage, really the first verse, and I haven't been able to get that verse off my mind. This passage has been um, just coming back to me. And, and I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if it touches you the way it does me, but it touches me greatly. And I, I hope to get to that before the sermon is over tonight. But I want to, yesterday I talked quite a bit about verse 1. And I want to come back to that at some point. But I want to point out some things about this passage that we've read that ought to affect us here and now because you see there's a lot in here packed in here to help us in this wide wicked world that we live in this present evil world is all about us I'm I'm afflicted every day I was we were we were looking for a uh, for a movie today on Hulu we were just we were just kind of scrolling through and just Every other movie, it looked like the title was referring us to something about uh, uh, the homosexual agenda or, or something else that was, was uh, just as bad. You know, we, we tend to focus on that particular sin, but I'm telling you, there's a lot more sin out there than just that. <laughs> as a matter of fact, that particular sin is just a, a subset of the overall category of fornication. Fornication is what, you know, the Bible teaches us to flee fornication. And, and in our culture, we're, we're encouraged to embrace fornication in every kind of form there can be out there. Now, we talk about that particular aspect of it because that's the one that's in our faces today. That's the one that the, the world is pushing today. So sometimes you say, well, why do you harp on the homosexuality issues in the world? Well, that's the one that happened to be the issues of the day, that are the, mo the most vocal and, and evident out there. But that's not all there is to it. There's a lot more out there, and sometimes I think we're desensitized to it. 
But they're trying to corrupt our children. And I'm not just talking about in that area. I'm talking about in the area of, in our institutions of higher learning, which unfortunately ought to be called institutions of foolish learning today. (laughs) Because the Bible tells us that he that says in his heart there is no God is a fool. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. You know, I know a lot of professors, PhD holders, that do not believe there is a God. They have great knowledge. They have great uh, learning and education. But I want to tell you that when it comes right down to it, these professors are professor fools. That's who they are. They're not because the Bible, and I'm not being that, saying that to be ugly and to be uh, uh, mean or anything. I'm, I'm using Bible language to describe what's going on out there in the world. And these professors, these institutions of higher learning, there is a movement to corrupt our children. And let me say to you, they're going to try to corrupt your children not just out there in the world. They're going to try to get our children. And I hope that our young folks are grounded here, and I believe they are. But I want you to be warned when you go out there. I don't care if you've been to public school or private school or you've been homeschooled. There is a pitfall out there for you. It's waiting when you get out there in the world. And they will trip you up if they can. And not only that, I feel like sometimes like Lot. (laughs) Not, Not in the way that hopefully that Lot was so disobedient but but I feel like I'm I almost feel like I'm living in Sodom I know I'm living in Babylon you know what Peter said about Lot see Lot was a child of God Lot was a disobedient child of God I tried to preach this morning about time versus eternal salvation Lot is in that category of eternally saved We're told that he was a just man. He had a righteous soul. He didn't work that up inside himself. And he didn't lose it because he didn't live right either. (laughs) But what we're told is he vexed his righteous soul daily and seeing and hearing their evil deeds that were around him. Oh, poor old Lot. He was saved eternally, but boy, he was lost in a timely sense, wasn't he? He ended up in a cave, drunk, committing unspeakable sins with his daughters. I'd say Lot did not save himself from this untoward generation, did he? <laughs> that's in a timely sense, as I said, not in an eternal sense. He, but that's the way I feel sometimes. I, I'm trying to save myself from this crooked generation, this untoward generation. I'm trying to do the best I can to live godly in this present evil world, but it's constantly in my face. It's constantly broadcast across the TVs and on the Internet, and I feel like I'm vexing my soul daily with all that I see around me. I need some help because I'll be honest with you, when I keep my view on a horizontal plane, I get afraid. I look at our church and I think, what in the world can we really do about all that's out there? There's so many more attractions out in the world than what we have here at this church. You know, I believe the Lord set it up the way he wanted to, and he set it up to be simple. It's preaching, praying, and singing. It's not lights, camera, and action. (laughs) It's supposed to be in a way uh, that that edifies and and builds up the flock through the preaching of the word, through the fellowship of the children of God, through the praying to him in the public way, and also I trust in a private way as you sit in the pews. There's a lot more attraction out there from, uh, from this world standpoint, isn't there? Oh, they've got orchestras and they've got entertainment and they've got some, some churches you can go to, you feel like you've been to a sporting event or to a concert. 
I want to say to you, I get that from a, from a worldly standpoint, from a fleshly standpoint, that's attractive to me. But I, I'm so thankful that there's something else inside me that doesn't want to feel like he's been to, an, to a concert when he's been to church. I don't want to feel like I've been to some kind of entertainment venue when I've been to church. I want to be fed. But you see, I worry about our church, our, not just our young folks, all of us, but especially our young folks. I worry about my family. I worry about my children. I have, I have one, still, I started to say two, but Ashley's out now. I still have one in college. And, and the place that, that they are in college uh, is a place that is promoting some of these ungodly ideals in so, in so many ways, so much more so than when I was there. It, you know, I thought it was bad enough when I was there about 30 years ago, but now I can't even imagine as a young person going over there and maintaining my Christian walk. There is an assault on them. We are living in Babylon. We are living in a place that is trying to overthrow us. And, you know, Babylon, the problem in Babylon was is that is they didn't mind treating them right. They didn't mind you moving. They, in fact, they brought them, the captives out of Jerusalem and took them to, to Babylon, and they tried to integrate them into the society. And as long as you would go along to get along, you'd be okay. You know, that's the way it is in the world. If you'll go along to get along, if you'll go to somebody and say, hey, I'm a primitive Baptist, I believe these truths are great, but hey, whatever your truth is, is fine with me. <laughs> your truth is your truth, it's just as true as my truth. <laughs> as long as you'll worship their gods too, as long as you'll incorporate them into your worship, you'll be okay. That's what happened with the Romans. The Romans were fine with the Jews worshiping their God or with the Christians worshiping their God, but you just had to set up a, a, a replica of the emperor in your church and fall, burn a little incense to him when you pass by. See, as long as you'll burn a little incense to the emperor, uh, incense to Caesar, you'll be okay. But you see, that's not what the Bible teaches us. We can't do that. I get afraid. I worry about the future. I worry about what's going to happen in this nation. I worry that I believe I see some signs maybe that the Lord's already judging this nation. I see some problems in this nation where it looks like that maybe the Lord has just removed his protection from it. You know, sometimes that's the way the Lord judges people. He just, he says, okay, you want to drive? Have at it. <laughs> I'll take my hand off the wheel. Let's see which ditch you get into first. <laughs> You see, I feel like that may be where we're at. I get afraid. I've got a grandchild now, and I'm worried for that grandchild. I'm worried for my grandson as to what he's going to have to face. I get afraid. I'll just be honest with you. But here in Isaiah 43, God was speaking to a people that had great reason to fear. Babylon had not come up on the horizon yet, but they were coming. In fact, that's one of the things Isaiah is prophesying about. He's telling them, by the way, because they were disobedient, they better change their ways or that judgment of Babylon is coming. You know, Jeremiah preached about it as it was happening. And Jeremiah at first was telling them, hey, uh, he was saying, change your ways or else the Babylonians are coming. But then there came to a point where God said, quit telling them that. Just tell them the Babylonians are coming. It's too late to change your ways. I don't know if that's where we are in America or not, but these Jews were getting to that place here, and they needed some encouragement. And so God sent this message to them through Isaiah. He said, fear not. Fear not. I don't know how many times, but several times in this passage or in this chapter, 
he mentions that phrase, fear not. Now, I want to talk to you, first of all, about the ways that God was going to be with them and that he'll be with us. Because, you see, I, I'm, I don't want to immediately tonight talk about the eternal things. I want us to look at the timely things. Because, listen, I believe and trust that the Lord one day is going to roll this world up like a scroll. He's going to fold it up like a scroll. He's going to burn it up with fervent heat. It's going to be gone and praise God when he does. Because that means I'll be with him. But I live in the meantime. I don't live in that day. I don't live at the point where the Lord has come back yet. I live in the days where we're waiting on him to come back. I live in the meantime. So what about now, Lord? What are you going to do? He says, fear not. He says, now saith the Lord that createth thee, fear not. And notice in verse 2 what he says. Here's, here's one of the promises of God. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Now what he's saying here is this, is that in your daily walk, he didn't say there won't be waters, and he didn't say there won't be rivers, and he didn't say there won't be fire, but he said, when you come upon it, I'll be with you. All you got to do is ask Noah about those waters. <laughs> You know, there was a time when the world was much more wicked than it was then, and I believe more wicked than it is now. Notice, you remember back in Genesis chapter 6 when he's talking about the days of Noah? In the days of Noah, every imagination of the hearts of men was only evil continually. Now, I see that in the world today. I see it out there in, in many places, but I still see a pocket of people whose, only, whose, whose thoughts are not only evil continually. You know, I, from best I can tell, Brother Buddy, from that day, the only ones that had their eyes on Christ, on, on God, and trying to live godly was Noah and his family. But we're told that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and that all around him was wickedness continually. Can you imagine walking out the door of this church and every person that passes by looks at you with only evil and wickedness in their hearts toward you, trying to figure out a way to do something to you. That's where it was in Noah's day. Now, I realize there are places, I, I think, you know, one of the things that I won't ever forget as I was, when I was district attorney, we used to take a trip up to Washington, D.C. Uh, on a yearly basis, and we were meeting with one of our congressmen one time, and he was telling us about some videos that the drug cartels down in Mexico would send regularly to the border patrol just to intimidate them. And it was videos of them killing people, torturing them, skinning them alive, doing all sorts of things I can't even describe here and feel good about it from the pulpit. And how that they, were, they showed no conscience, no mercy, no compassion whatsoever. I thought to myself, if you, in, those day, in those areas, you can't, you can't live down there. Without being in constant fear, I went to a seminar one time in San Diego, and every day, every time the people would get up and 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 to you know give us instructions about the next the next portion of the seminar, they would say, "Let me remind you, do not go down into Tijuana, because you will die if you go down there." And that's how bad it was. That's several years ago, and it's gotten worse since then. 
Uh, I can't imagine living in a world that's all everywhere like that, but that appears to be the kind of world that Noah was living in. But you know what we're told? We're told that Noah was delivered by the water. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> Over in 1 Peter chapter 3, I realize he was saved from the water by the ark, and he was, in a sense, delivered by the ark. But if you remember there, it says that... Uh, in verse 20, 1 Peter 3, 20, he said, he said that in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. <laughs> and he goes on to say the like figure, wherein to baptism doth also now save us. I don't want to get off into preaching on baptism. I've done that lately. But just understand that this says that Noah was saved by the water. How was he saved by the water? Seems like he needed to be saved from the water. Well, he was in the ark, safe, floating in the water. But what the water was doing to save Noah, it was washing away all that wickedness. It was taking it away. It was destroying it. You know, one day we're going to be saved by fire. We're going to be saved by fire. You know how we're going to be saved by fire? Yeah, yeah we're going to be saved from the fire, certainly. The Lord purposed that before the foundation of the world. But one day he's going to come back and burn up this creation. He's going to burn up this, this wicked, evil world. And we're going to be saved by that fire. Those that are wicked are going to be cast in the fires of hell. They're going to be, this world's going to be destroyed and done away with. We're going to be saved by fire. Noah passed through the waters and was delivered. Notice the rivers here. He says, the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. <laughs> You can talk to Joshua about that. You can talk to Joshua about the fact that when they came to the rivers of the Jordan, uh, the banks of the Jordan rivers over there, and they were about to pass over into the land of Canaan, what happened? It was, was going to be a difficult crossing, but God just made the waters dry up. He made the waters dry up. You know, I think about Moses so often. I don't know if, Mo I don't really believe Moses had any clue what was going to happen there. I know the children of Israel didn't. They, they came to the, to the waters of the Red Sea. And they had Pharaoh's armies behind them. And they had the Red Sea in front of them. And, of course, the first thing they started doing is, why, oh, why did you bring me out here? You know, I hate to admit it, but that's my usual go-to whenever I have problems. It's not, Lord, how are you going to deliver me? I'm so excited. How are you going to deliver me? That's not where I'm at. Where I'm at is I just knew I was going to get in this situation before it's over with. You know, I just, I was at the poor pitiful me. I can't believe, you know how many times, my, my dear wife, bless her heart, please don't ever talk to her about this because she's got so much to tell you about how bad I am. But she, I know she gets so tired of me getting to, to a point where I just go, ah, I knew it, and just turn around and walk off, you know. And, instead, and, and then it works out. That's the thing about it. It works out. I, I get so upset and stressed out and frustrated. And I, I, I blow a gasket and then, you know, it works out. <laughs> I didn't have to do that. I could have just been faithful and calm and things would have been okay. You know, that's what the children of Israel did. But, but I don't know if Moses, I really don't think Moses knew. <laughs> but you know what he told him? He said, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. You know what God did? God delivered them right through that water. Right through those, that sea. Uh, he delivered Joshua right through the river. The river did not overflow him. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here.
but please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.